Greetings and welcome to our fourth episode of the VTC podcast, Voices of Recovery. The VTC, or Veterans Treatment Court, is a treatment-based alternative to the traditional justice system. In lieu of going to prison, where we know that nothing truly changes for a veteran, the VTC aims to address the underlying issues that led veterans to interfacing with the legal system, including mental health, trauma, and addiction. Upon completion of our two-year program, a veteran's charges are dismissed. We are excited to have with us today, Mr. Daniel Conway. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm doing good, Kevin. Thank you for having me today. Of course. So Daniel is my hero, an amazing veteran, an amazing story. So Daniel is uh, currently a certified peer support specialist. He is also a certified alcohol and drug counselor. Just finished his master's degree in psychology. He's now pursuing that also in social work. Some big things on the horizon. Also, my man Daniel is starting the first ever recovery court in Hendersonville, North Carolina. So awesome things are happening. But before we get to all of that, Daniel, I wanted to um, ask you about your service history. Tell us a little bit about who you served with um, and what was your job. All right. Well, first, I want to say you are my hero, Kevin. So thank you for that. And thank you for uh, the praise. Uh, I definitely feel the same way for you. Um, For me, uh, I was in the United States Marine Corps 2006-2012. I was stationed in Camp Pendleton, California with 3rd AVs, then also 4th AVs in uh, Little Creek, uh, Virginia. Awesome. And you deployed? Yep. OIF 2008. Okay. So you were with uh, the Marines, and did you get out of E5? Yep, I got a E4 active duty, and I picked up my E5 in the reserve. Okay, awesome. So you're in the military, you get out. What was that transition like for you coming out of the service? Uh, it was really hard for me um, with the already underlying undiagnosed mental health stuff that we struggle with as veterans. I also had to deal with the substance use that came with <clears throat> received an injury that wasn't overseas it was statewide during training uh, I broke my shoulder and then I was being prescribed opiate pain medication um, for about two years uh, daily uh, medication uh, prescription for oxy um, so I didn't really understand addiction at that time so when I came out I was still addicted to the pain medication and that made it a lot harder for me to transition to civilian life when I got out so you get out of the Marine Corps, and tell us, what did you do after the Marines? Uh, when I came out, um, I kind of bounced around from job to job. Um, I wasn't able to keep stable housing. Um, when I went in the Marine Corps, so I was, I think, 18, so my whole time was in a barracks. So when I came out, I didn't really understand renting a house, buying a house, or anything like that either. So I struggled with that. Sometimes I'd bounce back to my mom's house, staying with friends. Sometimes I'd rent a place for a few months. Um, employment, I couldn't stay employed anywhere because of my addiction and my mental health stuff, dealing with anxiety, dealing with a bunch of people, um, paranoia. And also just being able to keep myself from being in withdrawal was always a, a big barrier for me to be able to, to work anywhere. And when you say withdrawal, was that from the medication prescribed? Yes, sir. Okay. So really struggling, this is something um, we talk a lot about in veterans court, this word habilitation versus rehabilitation. Rehabilitation assumes that an individual already has these life skills, but as you're highlighting, 
if you go in at age 18 till, you know, mid twenties, you know how to kill, right? You know how to destroy, neutralize the enemy, but yes, certain things, if you're battling addiction and mental health, um, paying rent, maintaining a job, if that's unaddressed, uh, yeah, it's truly habilitation and society doesn't really set one up for success if they don't have those skills down. Yeah, absolutely. So you're struggling. You say you're bouncing around. What brought you here to North Carolina and, uh, yeah, the justice system? Uh, well, so I bounced around for a while, and this is back in Richmond, Virginia, where my mom lives. <clears throat> and then I met another – well, I, knew, I already knew another veteran, and he told me about the VA. So I went there to the VA with him and kind of got plugged into resources and stuff like that. So while still struggling with my substance use and mental health, I did you know, try to go into substance abuse residential rehabilitation treatment program, which is a 28-day program. Uh, inpatient at the VA. I did go to that in Richmond, and then I ended up going to a longer-term residential domiciliary program in Hampton, VA. And then once I left there, you know, I was still homeless, so I wanted to change my location where I lived to kind of get away from all the the negativity of where I was at prior. So I ended up coming down to Asheville um, to a place called the Veteran Restoration Quarters, which is kind of like a transitional housing program that the VA offers through Grand Per Diem. And they also had one of the better VAs here in the country, so I thought it would be a good idea to relocate down here. Nice. So you relocate, you're in the VRQ, trying to change people, places, things. You already have experience kind of working the uh, health systems. You've done inpatient, done outpatient. And, um, yeah, so – and I should say, Daniel, this amazing veteran, I know as – uh, the peer support and substance use counselor now, but he's also a graduate of the Buncombe County Veterans Treatment Court. So um, you found yourself interfacing with the justice system in 2017? Uh, 20, 2018. 2018? Actually, no, it was 2019. That's what it was. Okay. And I played in the VTC 2020. All right. And that was, um, would you say, just kind of the continuation of the suffering in Richmond and... Uh, yeah, absolutely. That here. So you're in the Veterans Treatment Court, and I can um, speak to just the time that you were in it, the transformation that we saw. But something that's actually inspired me to uh, research this further is this idea of giving back. I think it's because of you and watching your journey of change that I'm fascinated with. Um, how do veterans achieve sustained recovery and sustained healing in the face of addiction and in the face of um, mental health challenges, right? And something that you have done to the fullest, and I see other veterans who are successful, is truly giving back to the community. Um, so I wanted to ask, just on the VTC journey for you, what what clicked? What finally was kind of that thing where you said, "Oh, this this makes sense," or "This is this is the path I'm going to stick to," whereas previous times, um, yeah, maybe it didn't hold. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think a lot of it is kind of like what you said, uh, seeing how much it meant to me to help other veterans. You know, kind of watching how you did it and other people in the treatment team helping other veterans, and how much. 
that helped each individual and, and wanted to be a part of that and be able to do the same thing for other people that you know because like y'all did for me i wanted to be able to pass it forward to the next veteran and along with that of helping other veterans it also helps myself right so as a human being of helping other people is going to make me feel better and helps myself and the same thing with the substance use mental health being able to support others definitely helps me too yeah so it's, it is symbiotic right yeah. we're helping each other so I saw you, you graduated the Veterans Treatment Court during that process. You're helping out other veterans. You became a certified peer support in North Carolina. And you then were hired as both the Veterans Service of the Carolina case manager and then the case manager for the Veterans Treatment Court Foundation. Yes, sir. So in those two roles, talk us through each one of them and kind of the work that you do now. Yeah, so... The Veterans Service of the Carolinas, I started out as a peer support specialist doing uh, homeless outreach. So I'm going into the woods, going into shelters, uh, on the streets, trying to find homeless veterans and getting them connected to resources for housing, employment, income, uh, uh, mental health, substance use, and stuff like that. And then I ended up getting on a new grant, which was the Cesar and Fox grant, which is more suicide prevention and awareness-based. So what I do now is I provide case management to high-risk, moderate-risk veterans uh, for suicide. Awesome. And then what do you do with the Veterans Treatment Court Foundation? Uh, with the Veterans Treatment Court Foundation, I provide I'm a, a veteran liaison and peer support specialist with veterans as they go through the phases. I try to be that first contact with them, somebody that can reach out to when they're struggling, somebody that can check in with them, um, you know, daily, weekly, whatever that you know each veteran needs. Um, help them when I connecting with transportation, uh, ride coordination, stuff like that, and making sure they're doing what they got to do to be successful in veteran treatment court. And I can attest to how valuable you have been in the veterans court in that role with the foundation and then seeing the support to other veterans in the community with veteran service of the Carolinas. If we have anyone listening to the podcast with diversion courts, um, you know, the power of peer support. I've seen Daniel connect with the veterans who are entering into the court, who are apprehensive about the justice system, who are saying, Hey, uh, you're telling me I got to follow all these rules and you're asking me to trust you. But all of my lived experience tells me every time I trust or I'm honest, I'm punished for it. Right. And so with a peer, someone like Daniel who can go and say, Hey, I've lived it. I've walked these steps. I've gone through the journey um, and really walk alongside them. It's been invaluable. Um, and another important thing that Daniel does is this outreach in the beginning. So when we're doing outreach to veterans in jail, we're talking to them, uh, just exploring kind of the pros and cons of a diversion court versus just the regular justice system. Uh, Daniel's able to make contact. And I think just having, bringing a voice to the room of someone who's gone through it and someone who has been on the other side of the walls. Um, yeah, it's, it's really tremendous to see you do that. I appreciate that, Kevin. So you're doing this work now in the community. You're killing it, um, and people are taking notice. So much so, Henderson County, which is uh, our neighboring county here in Asheville, North Carolina, they have reached out to you. They are wanting to start a recovery court 
and you were recently hired as the Recovery Court Coordinator. Tell us a little bit about that and what's going to be happening soon. Yeah, so uh, I've been lucky enough to be asked to come out and start the Adult Recovery Courts in Henderson County. Um, first, we'll be doing a drug court, and then hopefully we'll be building a veterans treatment court after that. Um, we're still in the early phases. We're not even taking any uh, clients yet, so we're just kind of building it from the ground up, getting policy, getting our team together, um, procedures and stuff like that, and kind of like figure out how we're going to have it ran down there, resources and stuff like that. Um, and then hopefully by the beginning of 2024, we'll be having our first client. So, Okay. This is huge. Uh, I know that in North Carolina, we have 100 counties and under 10 veterans courts. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and we know it saves lives. We know it saves money, promotes public safety. Um, so there's all these benefits. Why do you think there's a reluctance for some counties to start recovery courts or treatment courts? Honestly, I think a lot of it is, I don't want to say closed-mindedness. I think apprehension to change might be a big thing. Um, we're kind of setting our ways. We know how we've been doing things all these years, so why change it? Um, but I personally feel like that's the problem. Uh, we see how that's not working, so we've got to find other ways to, to support people. You know, people in the justice system are human beings just like everybody else. Um, so everybody has different needs, so we've got to find a way to address that. Yeah, and that, what you just said, echoes what Judge Pope brought up during uh, episode two. He's saying... Same thing. The future of our justice system has to actually support humans with their needs. And yep. uh, right now we don't take into account their needs at all. They just become a number and are thrown in to the system. Yeah. So you'll be starting the recovery court, hopefully taking new participants in 2024. Tell us what else is on the frontier for you. Cause I know you always have a hundred plates spinning <laughs> What else, uh, anything in the uh, recovery community, housing, what's going on? Yeah, my biggest play right now is hopefully I'll have a partner and we'll be hopefully getting a sober living for veterans uh, up and coming here soon. I think it's definitely a need in in Henderson County and in, in Buncombe County. So that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to. That's awesome. So everyone stay tuned. We'll hopefully have um, Daniel come back and give us an update on the sober living and recovery housing for veterans in this area. Daniel, thank you so much for spending time with us today. You're amazing, a true hero. And yeah, we look forward to just following you on your journey of success. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you all for having me. And a big thanks to all our listeners. Stay tuned next week where we continue our conversation and hear more about the voices of recovery. This is the VTC Podcast signing off.